guys, Princess here. Welcome to this little podcast. Uh, it's season seven of Bad Pumpkin, guys. We got a, we got a new season. We're doing a new show. It's my six hundred pound life. Um, I think it's time as a fat person, like I want to talk about these thing, the themes in this um show. Um, I want to be clear though before we even get started that oh let me let me let me roll back before we get here. I want to talk about the Patreon. So guys, if you are a Patreon, if you were a Patreon $1 member, that was just like a supportive. So when I first started the Patreon in March of 20, not March of 2020, I don't know, early of 2020, before the pandemic hit, it was just like a dollar if you wanted to support to make sure I could pay like hosting fees and to make this like, and to like, I could be working right now. And to kind of like give myself an incentive to carve time out of my life to do this podcast and to do page and to do like a bonus episode. And so it was a dollar a month if you just wanted the support. And I also tried to do a bonus episode every month. And then like in May, um, I started realizing that there were some episodes that people wanted like weekly up bonus episodes for. And I made the $5 tier to make it worth my while. And a lot of people joined that. And that's when I think I was doing like Kate plus eight and, and it just turned into a thing where we do weekly episodes over there. And once I'm done with something, I do a little poll and you guys kind of choose the next thing we do. And it's the $5 a month tier and the $1 tier stays there. And what, what my goal was is to do these week to do the main feed that you're listening to now every week to do the Patreon weekly episodes every week but also to try to do that monthly bonus episode for those $1 members. And what I found is that I couldn't do it, that I was like bad at it. And I was half-assing it. And a lot of times I'd have to repurpose another bonus episode to give to the $1 members. So I felt like they got what they wanted and what they, and kind of what they signed up for. And I just kind of like, I started doing the scheduling for this season seven of Buy Pumpkin. And right now I'm doing an intervention series over on Patreon and just kind of being like, okay, so, but what's the one dot, what's the, the monthly bonus episode you're going to give to these $1 members. And it just got, it was getting harder and harder to schedule it. And I just don't think I was doing a very good job of it. So what I wanted, and, and most of my members are $5 members. And so what I wanted to do was eliminate that tier to say, if I cannot give you what I said I was going to give you, I don't want to take your money. Even though I was like still throwing bonus episodes into there, it still was like, it didn't feel like it wasn't the way I wanted to do it. I wanted to like craft a bonus episode for the $1 members to get. And it just, it never, it never worked out. Um, so I decided to eliminate that tier. You should, if you were a $1 member, I, I did a little post about it on the Instagram and on the um, Patreon. If you were a $1 member, you should not have been charged for the month of April. If you were, please message me on Patreon. I will make sure you get refunded. Um, I know it's just a dollar. I also do not want anyone to be charged for something that they're not going to get, you know? Um... And for those $1 members, listen, if you want to listen to, to like, if you want bonus episodes, there is the $5 tier. That's the Patreon is just $5 at this point. You can move to that, but you have to move to it because Patreon's like really specific about that. Um, if you're like, well, you know, I'm good with just listening to the main feed episode and I actually don't need a bonus episode. And I just wanted to give her a dollar a month because it was cheap and like, 
I just wanted to help out and I wanted to support. I like super appreciate that. And like, that's all good too. Like I, I'm not like, well, why didn't you go to the, no, I, I completely understand. Like you agreed to something and I just, I'm unable to do that right now. And it's okay for you to be like, okay, well that's where that ride ends then. Um, there are other ways to support me. If you just want to like support me, but you don't want to be a $5 member, you could leave a review for this podcast, like a good review. Cause it helps and an accurate review because it helps other people find this podcast. You could follow me at okay then princess on Instagram or Twitter. You could follow me at buy pumpkin podcast on Instagram. These are all ways to support. Um, you could tell a friend about it. Th- these are all like, uh, I appreciate all of this. Like if you just listen to the main episode, that's fine. But for me, if you are also a Patreon member, that's okay too. It just, I like that there are different levels of support and that whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever works for you is fine by me. I'm like super grateful to have this podcast. I'm grateful people listen, even when you guys disagree with me. Um, I have a feeling you're going to be disagreeing with me a lot in this next series and that's okay too. I'm just like happy to have a place where I can like babble endlessly about the things I like and that it connects with some people. That's the most important part for me. I think I'm a smaller podcast in general. I'm okay with that. I don't want a lot of people to listen to me. I want the right people to listen to me, people who enjoy the content. Um, It would not make me happy to have thousands more listeners, but a quarter of them like are hate listening to me. I don't want that. This I, Life's too fucking short for that. I've been talking about this a lot on Twitter. I just want some joy. I want to see joy in my timeline. I want to joy in my life. I want to move towards things that give me joy and move away from things that don't. And that doesn't mean I'm not ever going to do stuff I don't want to do. Um, That I do benefit from things I don't want to do, like Bunny's hair. (laughs) I benefit because Bunny gets that experience. I benefit from working because I get money in which I can then do things for my family. I benefit, guys... I benefit from doing things for my husband because I want him to know he's appreciated. But by the way, let me just pop in here real quick. (laughs) I bought my husband a grill cover because we're about to build this deck and he's going to put the grill on it. And he has not even looked at it. And I'm just looking for some validation for him to see it and to be like, because he doesn't want to go in the garage real quick. He's like, he's busy. Really, he's busy. But he keeps telling me thank you and he knows it's great. But I want him to look at it and then tell me a compliment about it. Because that's what I, I get something back from it. Um, yeah, like I'm I'm just looking like I think this pandemic has made some things really fucking crystal clear to me about what I want my future to look like. And what I want to look like is fucking happy, however happy I can get to it. So I don't care if five people listen to this podcast, as long as five people who like what they're listening to and who can engage in the content and who feel like, this does something for them. And so if it doesn't, I'm also okay if you're like, hey, I really don't, you know, I'm I'm good, I'm good on this. I'm also okay if you're just like, all right, well, time to listen to something else on Sunday mornings. That's cool too. Um, I don't begrudge people. Like, like, I don't, nobody owes me anything. Nobody owes me a listen or a Patreon subscription or anything like that. Nobody owes that shit to me. So like, I'm not offended when someone's like, actually you do not connect with me spiritually. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 Have, have a good one. <laughs> All 
All right, so now that I've explained that, um, the changes to Patreon, I also want to, let's talk about this season. So I'm a fat person. Um, I don't speak for all fat people, right? And I'm like, I can only speak to my experiences. This, this, this podcast has always only been opinions and vibes. That's all it's only fucking been. And so, at, even though I am a fat person, I've been a fat person all my life. I do like I don't necessarily know what it's like to be these fat people like I don't weigh 600 pounds or 400 or 300 I don't I don't like I don't know what it's like to not be able to get on a plane because you don't have an extender or or I don't know that lifestyle but I I know I definitely know what it's like to be my style of fat but I don't speak for all fat people and just because I tell you something based on my experience doesn't mean that it's everyone else's um like like think about Utica on um drag race this not this past episode but the episode before that utica um you know people basically said she was being fat phobic it was the roast episode and the roast episode means that like they have to come out and make um you know roast jokes and as far as i'm concerned on a roast everything's on the table as long as it's funny but it has to be it and it should be kind of mean okay and at the end you let you 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 lighten up and tell them how much you love them or whatever, but it has to have an element of comedy. It's not just observations. It's not just you're ugly. It it has to you got to have a zing, a comedy in it. And what happened is that like, you know, Utica had like some some jokes that weren't that funny that were more like people felt were were just observe ways to take people down, I guess. And specifically what happened is like, so, and you know, you get a consultation for these episodes where a judge or a guest judge is going to sit and like help you with your jokes. And so Utica came out and it was Lonnie Love and Michelle and did the talking about does uh, Nina West speak well because she's so fat. And um, they were telling her that it's not like super funny and that like, you want to, you need a little bit more to make it into like a, a joke. And Utica was like, well, I mean, does that trigger you? Because Lonnie, because you're so fucking fat. <laughs> what about you, Michelle? You, this hurt your, like, it was, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not laughing <laughs> at that. I'm laughing at how wrong Utica got it. Guys, I'm not a Utica stan, to be honest. Utica isn't my type of queen to be to be completely honest. I also, I find her to be a well-meaning white person. And what I mean by that is like, some might be liberal, but like a well-meaning white person that it tries very hard to be woke, but doesn't actually listen to people of color, right? So instead of being like, what what is actually offensive to, to black people? What is actually not the business when you're talking, when you are interacting with Asian culture to Asians? she is has decided something based on observing other things and then and and then does not listen and well meaning absolutely well meaning intentions are there but you got to listen like certain things like certain things like saying i don't see color you think is like helpful but that's actually not how most of us feel we want you to see color. We want you to see differences in culture and feelings and experiences. We don't want you to other us. We want you to accept 
and listen. That's what we want. Not necessarily you being like, oh, I'm blind. I didn't even notice she was black. Oh, girl. Like that's like, <laughs> but Unica seems well-meaning and, and, but she's not my type of queen. Like I, I don't stand Utica. So don't think of this me being like, Utica is the best. Why would you guys say that about her? No, I, what I do know about Utica and what I've observed about Utica is that she's socially awkward. And what I think happened is that when they decided they were going to do this roast thing, Utica got real nervous and was like, I need to be a roast. I need to like, like Utica put on her roast costume, like her roast personality at the beginning of the, the first day they started working on this challenge. It just takes three or four days to do a challenge, sometimes longer because they do breaks like two, two days off for crew and stuff. So like a lot of these dance challenges you'll start but then you get two days off and that's why they're learning to dance. Anyway, at the beginning of like the three or four days they're working on this, Utica put on this roast personality and never took it off because she thought that she would be like, yeah, this is, this is what you do when you roast. And that interaction with Lonnie Love and Michelle wasn't like, to me, it wasn't necessarily fat phobic. Cause I don't think Utica's fat phobic. I don't think if you spoke to Utica, I don't, I don't think she'd be like fat people need to fucking die. Um, not that that's the only way you can be fat phobic. Fat phobic can be very casual um, and, and, and innate, you know, just like racism can be something that like, you're not, it's a subconscious thing. I, I get that, but I don't think Utica is necessarily fat phobic. I think Utica was being rude and she was trying to roast people who are not on the fucking roast and it came off badly. But the whole point of me saying that is just because I think that as a fat person does not mean that that is the, that is what everybody thinks. And that if another fat person tells you they were offended by Utica, that they're wrong. It's not, we're all talking about our experiences. So I'm like, I don't want anybody to think that I think, or I'm trying to be the end all be all about, um, about fatness or anything like that. Like that's not my intentions here. I'm also just like with the intervention episodes for this series, like I want to speak frankly I want to talk about fatness. I want to talk when things are funny. I want to laugh at them when things are sad. I want to say they're sad when things, um, provide like a little branch for me to talk about some, about, um, something in the wild. I want to talk about that. And so I, in, in the end, I want to have a good time, but if you're looking for me to come up in here and like, roast fat people I'm not gonna do that if you're looking up for me to come up here and just be like really angry at the fact that these people are fat I'm not gonna do that either I'm also not gonna be soft on everybody it's just not it's just it's we're there's gonna be some variations and I use this word too much but there's gonna be some nuance okay there's gonna be some nuance here and if that's not what you're looking for that's okay too you don't have to listen to this season of by pumpkin there are I this is the seventh season I have six other seasons you can listen to I have tons of bonus episodes on the patreon I think I have 70 bonus episodes on the patreon um I I'm over on Liz's podcast feathers in my hair this week that you can listen to me talk about Amber's bad parenting and um and talking about how boring Macy is you can go listen to me there uh, you can follow me on Twitter to hear me talk about Madelines because I'm in my Madeline season. <laughs> it's a cookie. <laughs> there are other ways to interact with me if this is not your zhuzh. In fact, I don't even know if Liz is going to listen to the season. Liz is like one of my faithful listeners, but she doesn't, She first of all, Liz doesn't like surgical shit. <laughs> so, and some parts of this, like some, my 600 pound life have surgical, like, 
scenes. She doesn't like fat. She doesn't really listen to like weight. She doesn't like gross things, which she doesn't like. Like she's not going to watch uh, Dr. Pimple Popper. Me neither. But my mom watches it while she's eating. I don't get it. But so Liz might not listen to this, which is great because we have an opportunity to talk a bunch of mad shit about Liz Bentley. <laughs> She'll never find out. <laughs> so, so I just want to be clear that like there are opportunities here and there are things you can do. There are like, if this isn't going to be your zhuzh, then don't do listen to it. If it's going to be triggering, don't listen to it. If you don't think that I am qualified to talk about this or I'm not being funny enough or I'm just boring, that's okay too. Like take a lap, go like listen to something else of mine or somebody else's. It's okay. Um, Oh, and I also want to be right up fucking front. I want to be clear about the Asante of it all. We are going to do Asante episodes. Is it Asante or Asante? Asante reminds me of Ashanti. And that's why I think I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> I'm thinking, I, I think I'm thinking of the princess of uh, Murder, Inc. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of uh, Ja Rule's... Uh, work wife. <laughs> so, so, but the Asante of it all is I'm going, I'm going to do three episodes of with Stephen Asante and his family and stuff. And I have three guests already ready to like line up to be on the show. Um, I'm going to get, I got Rachel from how about no pod Mona from how about no pod. They are like seriously Asante heads. Kara sent me, you look guys, Kara plays it, plays it like real fucking safe with me. Okay. Kara, Kara plays it cool. All right. Hard to get even. And so, <laughs> so like I text her, she takes a full 30 seconds to text me back. You know, it's real hard. And so, but Kara texted me and was like, are you going to have me? <laughs> and normally that's my gig. Normally that's me texting Troy in the middle of the night. I will kill myself if I'm not on your episode. And so, <laughs> so the fact that Kara, I mean, she didn't threaten to kill herself. She definitely just like, was like, can I be on the episode? <laughs> the fact that, but the fact that she reached out to me means she really wants to be on there. Kara's a very cool cucumber. Okay, she doesn't she doesn't raise her voice and she and she's she just like keeps it real like chill. And the fact that she reached out to me, she wants to be on there. So I have three people that are going to be on those episodes, and those three episodes are going to be at the end of the series. We're going to do a nice arc about Steve, Big Steve. Um, and the other five episodes are going to just be episodes that I've chosen that I enjoyed watching that I think have something interesting to talk about. Is there anything else? Any other disclaimers I want to give you guys? Not really. I mean, it's fucking 40 minutes. I've been talking about absolutely fucking nothing. So let's get started. Um, the first episode I did was, it's Lisa's story. It's season six, episode seven. It aired February 21st of 2018. Um, Lisa is 49 and her weight is unknown. She is from Mobile, Alabama. And like most people, most people at this level on this show, she's bed bound. Um, she has two daughters and five grandkids living with her. Um, we see one daughter that's Danielle giving her a sponge bath and her grandson helping. I can't imagine being 15 and having to help roll your naked grandma over and having to hold onto her calcified body parts. I can't even fucking imagine it. I can't imagine the level of like, I want to say maturity, but it's, it might not even be maturity. It might just be like, this is what has to happen that you have to do to be in the room for that. I, I just can't. Um, there is a part where he is kneeling between her pussy, like kneeling at her legs are wide opening 
and reaching to grab her arm so she can sit up. Um, Lisa can see that her family is getting tired of this and her daughter has, like, girl, her daughter has a sheen of sweat on her face after she's done, like, sponge bathing her and rolling her around and shit. And, like, she is tired. It is labor for her to do this. Lisa is yelling because her daughter is digging into crevices and folds to clean and she actually breaks the skin. And like, I mean, that skin was gonna break anyway. The skin is being stretched. Um, it's, I like, I'm not mad at Danielle. I'm not like Danielle's doing it too. I think that like, if anything rubbed against that skin, it would have broken. Um, Lisa tells us once she had a wound that wasn't healing, they found maggots in the crevice on her legs maggots gross this this is probably why Liz isn't listening to this this is gross um so Lisa talks a lot about her childhood she says that she was the apple of her father's eye she was the only girl um her brother's doing a talking head saying she was treated like a princess growing up but her mother I think her mother might have resented that uh and never said she loved her would, you know, she talks about the friction between her and her mother. Um, you know, some people, some mothers are competitive with their daughters and like very mommy dearest, you know, and very much like, um, you're getting all this attention from my husband, you know, like just real gross shit that obviously it's like something that you need to like go to fucking therapy for but most but people who act like that don't and instead they treat their kid badly I mean a very VC Andrews like fucking novel which I read all the fucking time I had to put them down because I was like stressed they were stressing me out in the in the ninth grade <laughs> um but the way her mother would show her food was by giving would show her love was through food would like feed and feed and feed her and give her whatever food she wanted and she would punish her through it too. Like she used food as a weapon too. She, um, her mother told her once she couldn't have some cake. So Lisa put her fingers all on like, and like wipe off the, the fudge or like the, 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 the icing. And Lisa's mother made her eat the whole entire cake. <sighs> Fortunately, her dad came and saw her and stopped and threw the cake away. Her dad always saved her. Um, I just want to like stop here for a second and remind you that if you are parenting someone, natural consequences are best. Should Lisa have put her hands in this fucking cake? No, but the natural consequence of that is, okay, now you have to replace the cake. So if that means you have to bake the cake or if you have to come up with money to buy a new cake, if you have to re-ice it, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I would re-ice it because I don't think, I know when you're in a family, like you guys share germs and stuff, but I just don't believe people should have to eat shit that you had your hands all over in any however you know them so um those would be the natural consequences or maybe a natural consequence would be like I'm going to get another dessert for tonight and you're not going to have any of it because you've already had some dessert like that's a natural consequence uh you know eating like so when you ask someone to do something, I, like, I'm not going to get in an argument about whether you can spank a child. I'm not going to. I know that people have strong held beliefs on that. There's no point, like, in arguing about that. But I am going to say that if you are asking them to do a physical thing that, like, standing in a specific position for a long time, 
uh, force eating, force drinking, uh, I don't know, kneeling on rice. These are in the same vein as torture tactics like that they do for prisoners. And if you are doing a punishment that is similar to some, something like um, someone would do to a prisoner of war to get them to give up information or to to punish them for being on the other side, then this is not parenting, it's not child rearing. So just keep that in mind. Um, I don't necessarily, like I think people don't think about it that hard, right? That you, that if something, if you're, if something your parents would have done to you as a punishment, you're like, you think that's an okay punishment. And if you have not had the time to think about it or had like training or had, uh, someone like point this sort of thing out to you that maybe you don't necessarily like, you're like, well, my mom made me do this. Like, but these physical, these physical consequences that also don't have anything to do with, with the actual thing that happened are torture tactics. You can kill someone forcing them to drink a lot of water. You can, you can kill someone forcing them to, to, uh, eat, uh, it is possible she could have killed her, forcing her to eat a whole cake. I'm not saying that that's like the likely outcome, but like forcing someone to eat a bunch of food could cause them to throw up. Like it's, it's, don't do this. Um, kids smoke, you find someone smoking cigarettes, so you make them smoke a whole pack. This is, I know that's a common like, like punishment people talk about. Don't do shit like that. Don't do it. Uh, natural consequences. Not things, natural consequences mean that I am going to, that what you have done has, has, is a wrong and how do we make that right? How is it that you can make this right? That's what you should be doing. Um, <laughs> I'm sure nobody listening to this needed me to tell them that, but I just keep that in mind. Don't ever force a child to eat something as a punishment. Um, his parents got divorced and Lisa started eating for comfort. She had a personal ice cream bowl and a personal spoon that she kept in her room to eat ice cream at night. Girl, I can absolutely fucking relate. <laughs> like, and that that's like, it becomes a ritual. It becomes like a comfort thing. And she was getting picked on in school and at home with names about her weights. And her brother is doing a talking head and he is talking about all the names he used to call her and he is smiling. Like, he does not think that... <laughs> He does not call, think calling her Miss Piggy was actually anything wrong to say about that. And I'm sure, I think probably what he's thinking is like, like plenty of people got called Miss Piggy and none of them are like bedridden. None of them have to be like airlifted out of their homes, you know? And, but I still find it off-putting that he's smiling because Lisa's in this position. And so you know that it had some sort of effect on her. So Lisa got pregnant at 14. Her mother sent her to live in Mississippi to live with her grandmother. Mississippi and Alabama are right close to each other. Um, she called her dad and told him what happened. Um, so after she had the baby, he brought her back to Alabama. And she was still eating. And, and he, she lived with him. He, she was still eating and eating and eating. And by 17, she had a son. And 19, she had a daughter. And she said that he didn't, she and that guy that she had to set the, the two, the two middle kids with didn't stay together because they, she just wanted to have fun. She didn't want to be in a relationship. Of course she doesn't want to have fun. You're fucking 19. This is one of the reasons why we don't have, we shouldn't have to, please don't let me turn it into this a reason why people should be, should be, have access to contraception and abortion. Like we should not 
be forced at 19 to be a parent and to like try to settle down with a person because we got these kids with them. I, I, I think she's a perfect candidate for some abortions. I absolutely believe that. Uh, she, like, you're not even a fucking, your brain isn't finished uh, forming to, you're like in your mid twenties. Yeah, you want the fucking party. <laughs> you're 19. Um, she said that they didn't, I mean, not that I'm not taking, like, obviously there's some personal responsibility about her getting pregnant, 14, 17, 19, like this is, but also you have to think, I, I'm sure she grew up in a culture when that was pretty normal. Like, I, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's real obvious why it didn't work, why it didn't work out. Cause it's not supposed to work out like that. Um, she said that she they didn't say she wanted to have fun. She was working fast food. She was just eating it every day. And by 20, she got, she had four children total and she was at like 330 pounds. And that's when her father got sick and died. And like, since he was always her protector, the guy that like said nice things to her and treated her well, she spiraled into eating, drinking all the time. And then she has two brothers. Her, her brother, her, another brother was like, she was partying in her house all the time. Her brother was partying with her and um, some people were fighting. He got shot and died. And her mom said it was her fault because he was over there and there she was partying all the time. Um, so, you know, Lisa lives town. She was back to Mississippi. She met a guy with whom she had a shitty relationship during that time. She was up to like 445. These are huge numbers, guys. And by her 40s, her mother had cancer and died. And that was super hard for Lisa. Um... Because even though it's obvious she didn't have a great relationship with her mother, her mother sounds like not a good mother <laughs> at all. Um, and not even a mother that made some mistakes, but like not a good mother. And I'm, you guys know that I'm like not a fan of just being like, somebody's a bad mom. Like I'm a fan of being like somebody, this person has made some mistakes. This person needs this. But I think her mom just was bad. And at least to Lisa, she was not a good mom to Lisa. But even that, like, her dying still has, like, effects on Lisa. Um, especially, like, when a bad parent dies. Because then you don't have the ability to get some closure in that situation. Like, all the things that are going on just are roadblock at that point. Because that person's gone. Yeah, I believe that she, like, had it hard when her mom died. Um, she was picking up weight so fast. She was over 500. And this is when she first became bed bound. And that she just said she woke up one morning and couldn't get to the bathroom. And that's exactly how it fucking happens. It sneaks up on you. You, you're walking all slow and huffing and shit. And you're having a hard time getting in the bed and shit. And the next thing you know, one day, like if you're walking slow and it hurts and you can't do it. And then one day you just don't. And you're in the bed from that point on. Actually, my husband, our bed is really high. Our, our our bedroom's bed is really high. And I'm short. And so sometimes, <laughs> I actually need stairs. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, like when, when my husband first put it on there, I was like, bruh, I don't know how I'm going to get on this bed. <laughs> and so the first time I got on it, I was like, wait, is this how it happens? <laughs> Am I going to be bed? But yeah, it's a small thing where you, until the day it's in, and you're like, oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen until the day it fucking happens. 
A few years ago, Lisa met a guy named Herbert and my notes app keeps autocorrecting his name because it's spelled H-E-R-Bert, B-U-R-T, like her, Bert, like the Bert that belongs to her. Anyway, they met online and they are in love and they don't get to see each other much because she can't really get to him. He's like an hour away. Lisa in this opening monologue is basically like she hasn't walked in a year. So here's what I need to remind you that fat people get fucked. Like, I think it is, <laughs> it is so hard for people to understand. Like you can be a fat person and be like sexually desirable to people. I have always been, I, I think that part of the reason it's been easier for me is because I'm a black person and black people really adore, love people with like curves and and like if you have some sort of shape and you are a fat person, like you can do very well in like the black community. But I have never had a problem getting fucked. I have never had a problem being in a relationship. I used to get scooped up on a regular basis. People always wanted to be with me. I've been proposed to four, five fucking times. I've been proposed to so many fucking times. And I'm a fat person. I've always been a fat person. So like this idea that like, well, the reason you can't get a boyfriend because you're fat, that's absolutely not true. And I'm not just saying it's true for black people. I It is true for all races. Like you can absolutely meet somebody and like fall in love and like, and be in a relationship and absolutely. And if you just want to have sex, you can absolutely find like people are attracted to like, I know that when we talk, when we talk about the way bodies are represented in, in, in media and pop culture and stuff that people want you. The representation is that if you are over a certain amount of weight, then there is no way anyone is ever attracted to you. This is not my experience. It's, it's not been my experience. It's not been, we talk, I I feel like we talk about this on the internet all the time. Fat women get chose all the fucking time. And so I know that there are people that like hear about Herbert and are like, there's no way he can be attracted to her. That's not true. He absolutely can be attracted to her. I also, I'm not stupid guys. I know there's a difference between someone being attracted to my fatness or like someone who just shops on the upper end of the straight sizes of it, Old Navy, and someone being attracted to a person that is bedridden and in least situation. I know there's a difference there. I'm just saying, don't, don't automatically assume that Herbert is not attracted to her. Now, yeah, I do have questions about what Herbert gets from this. I do have questions about that, but I don't think that, hmm. I can't think of anything that Herbert gets out of this besides Lisa. Uh, it's obvious that Lisa is on um, disability probably and maybe food stamps. Or something. I don't think he's getting money from her. I don't, I don't think, I, and if he is getting money from her, I don't know how much money he could possibly be getting from her, you know? So I think it's fine to question Herbert's motives. I just don't think like immediately ruling out that, that Herbert might be attracted to her is absolutely is the thing to do. So, um, like at this point, Danielle asks her if she needs anything else. And Lisa says breakfast, which is how my father says breakfast, breakfast when he's being, <laughs> when he's making fun of it, like breakfast, 
He wants a breakfast. And her daughter says, well, what you want? And Lisa says, grits, but I know you can't cook them good. Lisa, Lisa, this woman just wiped out all your nooks and crannies. Don't be fucking rude, girl. If she brings you some hard ass grits, you better fucking eat them. Like, girl, Lisa, rude. <laughs> so Lisa asked for rice and eggs and turkey sausage. I've never seen rice. I like. Normally these shows make me hungry because I usually, they, they usually got the good food guys, <laughs> but rice, um, rice and eggs. I've never seen that before. And you know, Lisa's directing her about what season to put in the eggs and to put cheese in the rice. And I never seen no American cheese melted on rice like that. And I am a Southern person. I know I don't always sound like it unless I'm trying real hard, but I'm a Southern person. Uh, also, I hate American cheese and we call it terrorist cheese in our house. And the reason it's called terrorist cheese is because when you eat American cheese, the terrorists win. That's why. And <laughs> I don't eat it, but my husband has a certain affinity for it, like, like a childhood like memory of it. So sometimes he just wants a slice of fucking plastic American cheese. And... <laughs> Like if you go in my house, sometimes like we have a whiteboard in a refrigerator that says, that's like just for people to write down stuff like, like that they need. And sometimes it just says terrorist cheese. <laughs> um, you know, Lisa's voiceover says she depends on her family to bring her food and stuff. She can't eat without them, especially when you've got an eating disorder like Lisa has. Um, this isn't a great analogy, but imagine that like Lisa obviously has an eating disorder, guys. That's. The, I, I don't think I need to argue that with you. Um, I, I, it's not a great analogy, but think about being addicted to heroin, but you cannot get heroin and you have to rely on other people to give it to you, to bring it to you. And like her daughter feels guilty about it and giving like about doing this, but she says that if she doesn't, someone else will, that Lisa will order it, like ordering a pizza or she will call a family member, you know, a well-meaning family member who'll just be like, oh, okay, I'll bring you chicken or whatever it is. And so like Danielle's in between a rock and a hard place. Now it's very easy for me to be like, well then just, then I just wouldn't, she'd have to call those other people. I just wouldn't participate in that. But I think Danielle's her oldest. I think Danielle is the one she had when she was 14 years old and has been with her mom through all this stuff. And I think there's like, some sort of like emotional thing between the two of them. Lisa says she eats six meals a day and she stacks her plates as high as possible and there's no portion control. Yeah, Lisa, we know. We also see another daughter who will do stuff for her, like get food but can't do the bathing. I definitely understand because I couldn't do that either. I also, also Lisa can't like be with everybody else. Like she has grandchildren living there. They live in like a double wide trailer. You know, it's one of those big ass fucking mobile trailers that's like, is basically a house. Um, like she has this whole family. She has small grandchildren. And she can't experience them. Nobody wants to go in that room. And it's like super obvious that they're poor. But the difference between the living area where they're all being together eating and stuff. And, and Lisa's room is very different. Lisa's room looks filthy. There's like shit all over the place. There's shit all over the fucking dressers and clothing and shit looks dirty and 
there's no door at least from her room to the laundry room. There's just a sheet. So it really does look like she's, she's probably in a den of some sort. Um, but the living area where everyone else is eating, like it doesn't like they have money, but it's neat. It looks clean. It looks like somebody cares about like the area. Um, the whole vibe is different. Um, Lisa is taking a video. So now we see Lisa taking a video call with doctor now where Lisa's discussing the procedure. I don't know why my 600 pound life wants to pretend like these people found doctor now by themselves or that it's not wrapped up in the show. We don't have to do it this way. They really could just say Lisa is having as a uh, doctor now has agreed to uh, have Lisa enter the program and Lisa's having a video call to discuss the procedure with them. That's all they have to say. They don't have to say Lisa found a doctor in Houston. Like we know which doctor she found. Very rarely is there a doctor besides Dr. Now um, because most of the people relocate to Houston on the show. Dr. Now, isn't Dr. Now's son the uh, producer and creator of the show? Yeah, like I, let's not pretend like, well, we don't have to pretend. Also, these are very poor people living in a double wall trailer in Mobile, Alabama. They do not own a MacBook Air. I'm sorry. That's not true. That's production's laptop. Um, Lisa talked to Dr. Now, talking to Dr. Now is a reminder that Lisa has a personality. Lisa is good on TV. And I, and we'll talk about this later when we get down to like the nitty gritty, but this is the reason Lisa's on this show. Um, she's someone who can talk and bring you in. Uh, she's good at deflecting. She can be funny. Um, it's how she got on the show. Uh, they discuss her lymphedema. By the way, I have lymphedema and not like this, which is why I don't like to name what I have because then someone Googles it and they see this and they're like, ah, no, I just have like some swelling and in my ankles if I, um, have like a long day on my feet or if it's really hot or something or I'm not taking care of myself and it's lymph fluid which is um part of your immune system and so it's you want to be careful about it because you can get infections in it and you can also um it affects the rest of your immune system but because Lisa is so heavy Lisa has like capital L lymphedema like my lymphedema isn't even as bad as Wendy Williams who has it um, she like Wendy Williams, when she had like her legs in that machine, I don't get a machine. <laughs> I don't get any of that shit. Um, I just get like, don't eat too much salt and make sure you rest. Um, but like Lisa has extreme lymphedema from her weight. Um, it like, you can get lymphedema from having lymph nodes removed during like, you can get them from a cancerous, uh, Cancer, excuse me, if you have lymph, node, lymph nodes removed for due to cancer or something like that, um, you can get it. It can be in your arms and shit. Uh, if you have, uh, if you ever do chemo, sometimes your lymph nodes go. Um, you can get it from that too. Um, so they talk about that. Doctor now puts on her diet with no carbs and no sugar. And she also needs to do some exercises in bed. Lisa tells the doctor that she weighed, that she probably weighs about 643 and doctor now is like, no bitch, you looks like you weigh closer to 700. So at the end of the call, doctor now sees Danielle and tells her, don't bring her nothing that's not on this diet, 
which would make sense if we thought Danielle could say no to her. Danielle can't say no to her. If Danielle could say no to her, the moment that she couldn't get up that day, she'd only bring her, she'd bring her either a low carb diet or a low calorie diet, or she'd like, but Lisa still gets sodas and shit. So, um, and after the call, Danielle's like, listen, you love fruit, but you can't have any because it's like sugar and carbs. And are you going to be okay? And Lisa says she will and asks when, and asks when she has to start this diet. And Danielle says tonight. So Lisa reaches over to get like a 12, a 20 ounce of Coke and says, go ahead, then let me have my Coke then. And she can't even get it open. So she hands it to Danielle to open it and says, open it. <laughs> like Lisa's rude guys. Lisa's real fucking rude. And Danielle says the says the doctor says you can't have carbonated drinks and takes it Danielle's very monotone in her talking heads and throughout this scene but she seems sick of this it's 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 a burden to have to like care for a loved one like this now there are people who are okay with me saying burden because this is Lisa's fault because Lisa's fat but if she had cancer or if she had MS or any other or a disability of some sort, then they would not want me to say burden. But the truth is it is a burden. And if you're uncomfortable with me saying that, that's because you are thinking of the connotations of burden and not necessarily the actual meaning. It means it is extra. It means it is emotionally taxing on Danielle. Taking care of an ill loved one or disabled loved one is those things. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not saying you should leave them to die. Like if she had cancer, I'm not saying that you should just be like, well, fuck it, I can't do it. But we need to acknowledge that there is a burden to Danielle, regardless of what's wrong with Lisa. There's a burden to her that she has her own children. Um, Look at Danielle's weight. Danielle has her own eating stuff to, to think about. Um, and she's got to eat. And, like, Danielle's not on, on disability. She's got to, like, work for a living and shit. She's got to figure her own shit out and her kids' shit and her own things. And and regardless of whether we think that this is, like, Danielle's duty or not, that's a separate question, is does Danielle have a duty to do this? But regardless of, of whether you think it's her duty or not, this is a burden to Danielle. Um... So I also want to talk about Dr. Now right now. Okay. Um, guys, I like Dr. Now too, but I want, and if you like him, like I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but I want to acknowledge that a part of the reason we like Dr. Now is because Dr. Now is a very no nonsense type person, but also like, no nuance. And so he's a clinician. And so to him, it's very simple of what you need to do and what you shouldn't do. And he says the thing that we want him to say to these characters. So by the time, and they, I mean, they're real people, obviously. But by the time we get to Dr. Now, we're ready for someone to say enough, right? It's the same reason why sometimes on intervention, we like to see interventionists yell at people because we have watched this addict kind of like not follow the rules of society and get away with a lot of things. And we want someone to be like, no, you have to stop. Um, for example, I am not pro cop, obviously, but 
do I like it when I, when I like, you know, I'm driving and someone's driving on the fucking shoulder, trying to ignore all the goddamn rules. Like they always fucking do. And then, so they drive past me on the fucking shoulder, trying to avoid traffic. And then a cop follows them and does, and like pulls them over. Do I get a sense of satisfaction from that? Yes. Is that opposite of like my general feelings about the subject? Yes. Is that fucked up? Yeah. And it's also kind of fucked up that I love Dr. Now yelling at fat people to just stop being fat. That like, it's just very simple. You take in these calories and you spit out those and then you'll lose weight. Like, yeah, like in general, I know it's not that simple, especially when they've gotten to this point where they've had a lifetime of an eating disorder, abusing food, uh, uh, using food as comfort, abusing their bodies with, like they've had a lifetime of coping through life this way. And someone just being like, no, just don't do that is <laughs> ridiculous in some ways. But I still enjoy Dr. Now going, no, 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 you're fat. I just want to be clear, like the, I, we all enjoy when Dr. Now shows up and says the thing that we as an audience want to say. But also remember that a, a very small seed inside of that, of why we like it, is because Dr. Now's yelling at a fat person and is like telling them, you need to stop it. <laughs> like the, it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's not great, but it's also, I don't think we need to self, I don't think we need, we, I don't think we need to hate ourselves for it. I'm just like, just like acknowledge that that's part, that's a little part of it. And it's, it's why it's so satisfying to have Dr. Now be like, you're lying. <laughs> Even though I don't know if Dr. Now being like, you're lying is helpful, you know, in the situation. Even though many times they are lying. Um, so it's a six hour trip to Houston and the paramedics are coming to take her, the ambulance, the fire truck, every person that's ever known her in her entire life show up. They're opening up the door to the outside. So like I said, I guess she wasn't a den because it's like a door to the outside. Someone's and she says, real quick, I know this is last minute, but can I get a bowl of Fruit Loops, a little bowl of Fruit Loops? And her other daughter just starts with an M, just rolls her eyes and walks out. But she does get her 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 little bowl of Fruit Loops, which I don't think is on the fucking menu, uh, on the uh, diet. Lisa makes the funniest face <laughs> when she walks out. Lisa, Lisa's good at making faces. And, you know, she gets her Fruit Loops. So the paramedics have to reinforce the ramp. They need to get her out of the house. Um, she, you know, she's just eating Fruit Loops and shit. <laughs> Don't give a fuck. And I think a lot of us would be embarrassed by this. Like all this, all these people here just to get me out of the house. And to be honest, I think Lisa's embarrassed too. I don't care what she says. All this tough talk and clownery she's doing is to deflect from it. All right, so it's like 70 EMTs come to lift her from the bed on a sheet or a tarp of some kind. Or maybe they use her sheet. Because, I mean, they'd have to get her on the tarp, and that's hard. And they ask if she's ready. She's like, no, I'm not ready, but get me out of here. And she starts screaming and praying, and she's yelling, hit me, daddy, hit me. She's making a big show of shit. Like I said, it's a way to deflect from, like, there have to be shameful feelings about this. I think anybody would have those feelings. And I'm not, and I'm sure she's having them too, but she's, like, trying to push them away. But they get her out, and everyone she's known is sitting on the porch, ever known in her life, sitting on the porch watching it and waving at her. Um, Danielle is excited for her to go because she says that she's been calling, that Lisa has been calling people over to her house to bring food she shouldn't have. And I don't blame Danielle. I'm sure Danielle has to work. Danielle has kids. And her mother is a great manipulator. 
When they arrive in Houston, Dr. Now meets them at the ambulance to the hospital and at, meets them at the ambulance at the hospital. And she's in a lot of pain. Um, I'm sure she is. Uh, six hours in the back of a fucking ambulance on a fucking highway. Bruh. They have to sling her around and get her from the ambulance to the gurney to the bed, etc. And Dr. Now thinks she might be overdramatic. I do too. Um, I believe she's in pain. I, I, how can she not be? But I also think she's a drama queen. So they weigh her and Dr. Now was right. She's at like 704 pounds. Listen, Dr. Now does this for a living. I'm sure, I'm sure Dr. Now could look at me and guess my weight. I mean, it's, it's what he does. And then Dr. Now says that he should, that she should have lost weight. And she's like, well, like between now, cause she's been on the diet and she's like, well, we didn't know how much I weighed. So she's basically trying to convince him that she must've weighed like 750 and lost 50 pounds. But Dr. Danielle's right next to her and is like, no, she didn't stick to the diet. <laughs> She's telling on her. And then Lisa does something that people do when they're, when they're lying. They go, I'm not even going to fight you. Like, you know, cause you know, there's no reason to fight. You know, there's no reason to fight. You did it. Um, so Dr. Now admits her to the hospital for a 1200 calorie controlled diet, which is not a lot of 1200 calories is not a lot of food. Um, it can be more food if you're very careful about where you get your calories from, but most people aren't supposed to be on a 1200, a 1200 cal, a 1200 calorie a day, um, forever. That's not what most people are supposed to do. And Danielle thinks that Dr. Now, Danielle is afraid Dr. Now cannot help her mother. I would be worried too. She's non-compliant and it's obvious. Um, I don't think Lisa was ready for this. You know, so Dr. Now's program isn't just my 600 pound life. He probably has many, many clients, right? And plenty of them are ready. Plenty of them are so ready. They're like, yeah, I'm ready to eat 1200 calories. I'm ready to lose the 30 pounds you asked me to lose before I get there. I'm ready to do these things. And those are probably success stories even though we know weight loss surgery is a mixed bag of results, uh, just proven to be. But um, he probably get, he probably does gets a lot of quote unquote success from those people. But Lisa's on the show because she was good for content, not because she was ready to do this and that she was gonna like come in here and like uh, like really work this program and have a lot of success. She's in here because. Because she's funny and she sings and she screams when you move her and and some other things she's doing. She makes a good TV episode, but she's not ready for this shit. She's not compliant. Um. So Lisa's been in the hospital. The next time we see Lisa, she's been in the hospital for a month. She hates the food. She showed she showed the food. It was yuck. It did look bad, but remember that. The food that you're eating is to lose weight, not to like it. That's a very hard thing for me to think about. The idea that I'm not supposed to enjoy food. Like food is a thing for me. I, it, it, like whether I'm happy or sad is really a part of the food stuff. That is part of having an eating disorder. Like food is more than just stuff to put in there. And to a certain extent, every, most people feel that way, but this idea that now we need to divorce how you feel from what you're eating. And it's, Lisa's 49 and she's been doing this all her fucking life. So, I mean, I'm sure she hates the food, 
But the point of that food is not to make you happy. It's the point of the food is to give you a certain amount of calories a certain many times a day. Um, and no one's like, Danielle went back to Alabama. So there's like literally no one she could be like, can you go to McDonald's for me? And, you know, Danielle had a job interview. So she's going back to Alabama. At the three month mark, her lymphedemia is getting a lot of better because she's lost weight. They've done dealt with infections. Um, and she's able to go like move into an apartment like a lot of them do in Houston. So she can be near to see doctor now. And Danielle drove back to do that for her. And, and Danielle was looking at her legs and, and Lisa was like, I can touch my knee. And Danielle was like, you got ankles. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Cause she's, she grabs her ankle and like kind of shakes the leg. You got some ankles, mama. <laughs> and also I noticed that Danielle is very comfortable with touching her mother in a way that I would not be comfortable touching my mother. But that's because I've also never had to like, uh, wash my mother's asshole. Um, Yvonne, if you're listening, duh, don't fuck around and get sick, bitch. Because you know, I'm not, listen, I got three brothers and they're nice men. <laughs> they're family men. They, they're not, they, they love all of us. But in terms of who is capable, it's going to be me. And if I'm going to take care of you, I will definitely take care of you, but I'm not washing those nether regions. I'm not doing it. Don't fuck around, girl. Eat some vegetables. Watch for buses because I'm not, stay healthy, mama. Stay healthy. <laughs> I'm just joking. Me and my mom have already talked about this. My mother is incapacitated in a way that she needs like that type of care. Then she has planned for it in her old age and that, uh, we will have a nurse. <laughs> I, I can do a lot of things, but I'm not going to be able to wash her ass. I'm not going to get up, get up in that asshole. It's not going to happen. So, um, Dr. Now shows up and he makes sure Lisa knows that she's supposed to lose 30 pounds over the next month. If she, and if she sticks to that diet, she will. And she's also supposed to start with a physical therapist to get her walking again. Because once she's mobile again, certain things like, you know, obviously she's on a catheter at this point um, in that hospital. Uh, she'll be able to use the restroom. She'll be, uh, she'll need less uh, care. So after they moved... Lisa to the apartment. Danielle's going back to Alabama because she was offered a teaching job. That's like her dream. She wanted to, she, I, I like, I seem like, it seems to me like she, um, when she says it's her dream job, like that she'd been working towards it or that she's like a teaching assistant and she wanted to like, you know, get more certifications and become an actual teacher. Not, I said actual, like being a teaching assistant is bullshit. I'm not saying that, but you understand what I'm trying to say, like move up in, in it. Um, but and she also has twin daughters to take care of. So Danielle walks in the room and she's dressed and she has makeup on. She looks so fucking different. And I just want to remind you guys that you can look a whole fucking <laughs> by just taking off your bonnet and putting on some lipstick and like wearing an outfit that looks cute on you. She looks so fucking different. Lisa is nervous about Danielle leaving because it's her that feeds and bathes and essentially keeps her alive. But also Danielle has been her constant companion forever and ever and ever there. Like they, it's an emotional bond between the two of them. That's more than just, she's my mom. But guess what? Herbert's on the way, which is a bad thing because Herbert is not going to follow the diet. And we all saw this coming. 
So the physical therapist came, comes to help her walk. It's been two years apparently. And this is a good thing to remember because at the beginning of this, Lisa gives us like a little monologue, a voiceover where she says it's been a year. And now she's saying it's been two years. But the reason is it takes months and months and months for this. They film over months um, to film this show. Um, the physical therapist gets her to be able to sit up, which doesn't seem like a lot of progress, but it is because she never sits up. She's in that bed lying flat all day. Um, and I just can't even imagine that. You have to lay flat on your back to sleep. You can't even curl up. You can never sleep on your stomach or your side. You just have to lie on your back all day. Like, so this physical therapist gets her to sit up. And the idea is that as she loses weight, which she will be if she's on her diet, just eating those things, um, she'll become more mobile and will work on not you be, not you don't even need help for me to sit yourself up that you can sit yourself up by yourself and you can walk a little bit and and maybe you can walk with a walker and you know like that's the idea but the thing is she's not going to lose weight cuz the nutritionist shows up and there's nutritionist goes through the little refrigerator and there's pudding and bread and pizza rolls and donuts and every time she pulls something out Lisa's like that's herberts i don't eat them donuts cuz i'm picky with donuts me too, Lisa, by the way. Those, those fucking donuts you get at the grocery store that are in the refrigerator, that's disgusting. And so, like, I like a fresh donut. I, like, some people say Krispy Kreme donuts are too, are too um, sweet. But I like the hotness of them. Like, I used to work at Dunkin' Donuts, by the way. And, and the Dunkin' Donuts I worked at, I don't know if they still, this was like 20 fucking years ago. But we would get donuts and like the donut pieces. So we get uh, glazed ones, cake ones, stuffed uh, um, shelves, not, not necessarily filled. And we would fill them and then put the, the icing on them and stuff like that. So, but I don't like that. I like donuts that are, that are made fresh. And I like Krispy Kreme donuts, but if I'm talking a real fucking donut, I love a Round Rock donut. And that's, it's here in Round Rock, Texas, right? Which is like, on the north side of Austin, it's the a suburb of Austin. And the line is always way down the fucking block, but I love those donuts. I actually had to go to Ikea a few weeks ago with my kids, and my, all my kids were with me. And I stopped by the Ron Rock Donuts, and it was the first time some of them had them. They were like, what? They're so fucking good. So fucking good. Everybody that comes to Austin, I always take them to get Ron Rock Donuts. But yeah, those like refrigerated grocery store donuts, no, 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 no. No, thank you. I don't know. They, they taste funny to me. But also, Lisa, I don't believe you. <laughs> you're, and neither does a nutritionist. We know you're eating this shit. Come on. Come on. And then she's like, I didn't know Herbert went to the store today. Uh, I don't know what's in there. Ma'am, you are in a living room on a mattress. You can't leave that bed. If Herbert goes to the store, he's got to walk past you to get. <laughs> you think we believe you don't know? Get the fuck out of here. Um, finally, Lisa stops lying and Trisha is like, yeah, bitch, we know. Yeah, I know. Like, I didn't believe you when you was lying, when you was telling me all those lies. Sometimes like when my kids are like that, when they'll be like, they'll give me like six different stories. And every time they give me a story, I, like, I don't like to call them liars. I really don't. Even though if I think they're lying, because I think calling them liars is more detrimental. Like calling them liars isn't useful. Even if I know that I don't think they're telling the truth. I just say, you know what? So you're telling me this, but based on what I can see and what I know, it doesn't seem like that's what happened. I'm not saying, 
And they'll be like, I'm not lying. I'll be like, okay. I, if you, if you say you're not lying, you're not lying. I'm just saying it doesn't match up with what I know. And often they'll come back to me and be like, I was lying. And I always want to be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you're not good at it. But, but that's how the nutritionist was. It's like, yeah, it's fine for you to tell me you were lying. I already know. So then she asked about these little ice cream snacks. And Lisa says, these are Herbert's love rewards. Basically, she gives them to them after he performs sexual favors for her. What kind of sexual favors do you think Lisa is getting Herbert to do? Eating pussy? Fingering her? What do you think? Does he get on top of her? I'm not sure. All of them sound gross to me. I, this is not the porn I was looking for. And so... Uh, I, I, I don't explain it to me, guys. Don't explain. Do, do not DM me and explain to me what happened because I don't want to fucking know. But the nutrition says, nah, you can't, like, this can't be in the house. You're going to have to find another treat for Herbert because you can't have this here. Um, Lisa's like, put it back. <laughs> you got to leave me something. I can't get what I want. <laughs> it is funny, Okay. But the nutritionist stands firm and throws the shit away. Um, and the the nutritionist does like an uh, interview on the spot outside the house. And it's like, yeah, she's deflecting with all this like sex talk. Like that was to like throw me off and to, you know, it, to either get me to laugh or to, to get me, you know. But the truth is it does not matter. She can't have shit in her house. She's here to recover, or not recover. She's here to work this program. And if Herbert's going to be here, Herbert can't have ice cream here. If Herbert wants ice cream, Herbert's going to have to go eat ice cream and come back because he cannot have it around you. Um, Where is Herbert, by the way? Standing outside? Herbert don't have nowhere to be. Herbert is just there. Um, So they do a weigh-in. She has to go into the, the, to the hospital, do a weigh-in. And so Dr. Now can tell if she's following the diet and... Lost enough weight to have the surgery because he's asking. Because the thing about weight loss surgery is that, like I said, it's mixed results. Because the thing is, is that you can get the surgery, but then you still have to do diet and exercise afterwards. Or like there's lots of like, I don't know, failed the right word, but maybe I'll use them. Failed um, weight loss surgery. So the idea, and again, I'm not saying whether this is right or wrong. I'm just saying this is what this is. This is the idea. The idea is that if you can show a doctor now that you can lose 50 pounds or whatever pounds or that you can stick to a certain diet for a certain amount of time, even if it's two months, if you can stick to this diet for two months, then that you are in a position ready to go and take the, do this surgery. That's what the idea is. Um, so her weight should be 587, but she's at 646. She gained 30 pounds. Shit. Dr. Now says, wait a minute, bitch. <laughs> you playing games and you're lying to me and you're not on your diet and you're not even bathing because your your leg's infected again. And they were like, was not infected. So she has to like, um, so like with my level of lymphedema, I just need to be careful about like wounds and stuff. It's almost like having diabetic legs, like being like, uh, I don't, I want to make sure I'm wearing socks. I want to make sure that people that like, I don't like if, if some, if I get a cut or something, I'm taking very good care of it. Um, that sort of thing. It's, you know, it's a little swollen sometimes. You just want to be careful with that. If at her level of lymphedema, 
this extreme, extreme lymphedema. Like she, she, uh, gets infections all the time. And she has to be like very careful about bathing. She has to be checking for wounds all the time because also look at her leg. She can't even like some of that shit she can't feel. Like she could not feel maggots on her, like, so they, she needs to be checking. She needs to be bathed very regularly. Danielle's not there to do it. Herbert's supposed to be doing it, but he's too busy, I don't know, fingering her or whatever, but he needs to be bathing her. Um, like, Dr. Nell's mad. <laughs> and I understand why he's mad. He's mad. He's like, this is what you're supposed to do. You want me to, to do this surgery. I'm not sure. I believe the surgery is free. I believe it is. But I also wouldn't be surprised if... She's on like Medicaid because of her disability. Like being this obese and like a bedridden is a disability. So because of a disability and doctor now charges Medicaid what Medicaid will pay and will not like anything Medicaid won't pay won't. Like I'm sure, I'm sure like it's like in prison, like my, my bio father's in prison. And he's 60, he's in his 60s, he's in his late 60s or his mid 60s. And they just signed him up for Medicaid. And the reason they signed him up is because of his age. And so now whenever they give him an aspirin or his eyes are hurting him and they take him to the clinic, they can, the it's a private prison. They can also bill Medicaid and be like, we did a, uh, you know, somebody looked in his eyes today so they can bill them whatever Medicaid will pay for an eye exam, you know? Um, it's not illegal. I, I think there are some people that would say it's immoral because of, it's like double dipping because they're also being paid by the state to care for prisoners. But it's not illegal, it's allowed. And I don't think, like, so although technically technically the operation is free, right? I think that there's some, you know, there's some sort of recuperation of funds from Medicaid if they'll pay for it for Lisa. Um, what am I saying? Oh, so Dr. Now sees several patients. I can understand why he's upset because he's like, uh, I only have room for so many patients in this program. Plenty of people are off camera and you are not doing the program. So what the fuck are you want to be in the camera? What the fuck you, I want you in the program for? I don't want to come down here and check on you and shit knowing that you've been eating this stuff. And there are arguments for like how helpful is this from Dr. Now? And there are arguments that people need tough love and straight talk. And there are arguments that like this is abusive. I mean, I like either way you want to go, I'm fine with it. I'm just saying that there are several sides to it. It's kind of like when you watch The Biggest Loser and Jillian Michaels was on there and she'd be screaming at people. Uh, part of it is that people just want to see someone yell at fat people. <laughs> and and some people also appreciate like, like tough talk to someone who they feel is non-compliant. Like Lisa is a hard character to like. Like she lies all the time. It feels like she doesn't take anything seriously. It feels like she's been given a gift, you know, that people talk about that with the intervention too. Like you've been given a gift of rehab and you're not grateful enough for it or you don't deserve it. So Dr. Now asks Herbert what she's been eating and he's like, uh, green beans and cauliflower. 
Herbert's a goddamn lie too. <laughs> I just, guys, like, we've been examining the dynamics of what's happening here. But the idea that Herbert had the nerve to be like, green beans, cauliflower. <laughs> this is very much Sheree's summer, spring, fall. You know, when she's like, when your joggers gonna be out, you know, summer, spring, fall. <laughs> Just like, you just name his shit, okay? That's not true. <laughs> but I just, I was just tickled by his audacity. <laughs> Dr. Now says he's a liar too. Dr. Now, she's like someone who hits her head with a baseball bat and complains about the headache. Um, so now she's got to be admitted into the hospital, work on the leg shit and get back on her diet. And truthfully, like, this is what Lisa, what Lisa needs. I don't know if she can get it, but what Lisa needs is to be in that hospital and for Herbert to go home. Because a nurse isn't going to bring her McDonald's. I mean, maybe they will. Maybe maybe some orderly or or the third shift nurse will be like, yeah, give me $100. I'll go, I'll go to McDonald's for you. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But the people who are pay, paid as professionals to care for you that way often don't want to lose their job over like letting you do shit. And so even if Lisa is well enough to be in, in, in a in an apartment, it, it would be, Lisa cannot have a family member or a loved one taking care of her or even seeing her. Herbert needs to go back to Alabama. Um, she needs a nurse that will say, here's your food for the day or not today, but here's your meal. Here's your meal. And when Lisa goes, I want pizza, that part says no. Now, as we know with Steven Asante, you could just order a pizza when the nurse isn't there. But still, like, the uh, the Lisa setup isn't going to help her. You know, but like I said, Herbert needs to go home. But he's doubling down. He asked Lisa to marry him. She says yes. I believe that. I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't believe that her, I, like, he's looking at her pure fucking love in his eyes. It's not that I don't believe Herbert cares about Lisa. I mean, if you want to believe that the reason Herbert is going down on her is because he gets a dove bar afterwards, that fine, fine. But especially when he's the one to access to the dove bars. But I'm sure there's layers to layers and layers about this shit. But he looks like he fucking loves her. I just think he's a liability until he gets with the winning team. I mean, it is what it is. Even in the hospital, she should have lost 60 pounds, but she only lost like 20. Everyone realizes Herbert's bringing her food. Now Herbert wants to show, so at this point, like, cause doctor now is talking to her about like, you've only lost 20 pounds. Like if you were actually on your diet, you would have lost 60 pounds. Um, or some, also like not everyone loses weight exactly the same way. So I understand Dr. Now saying she'll lost 60 pounds, but here's the thing. If she would have lost 50, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be like, you should have lost 60 pounds. He would have just said, okay, you know, I expected you to be in this range, but the difference between 20 and 60 is too big for it to be like in a range. Um, so Herbert wants to show Dr. Now a rash on her back by basically he pushes her over so he can show the rash because he's doing the bathing. Probably the nurse comes in to do the bathing and, and she's like, let Herbert do it. And I wouldn't let Herbert do it. He doesn't seem like he's doing a good job of that's how you got this fucking infection. You aren't being cleaned enough. Um, so, uh, 
they have to push her over to show like the rash or the skin thing. And Dr. Now is basically saying like the reason for this is because you, this isn't getting enough air back here. Cause, cause right. You're on your back at all times. Um, being bedridden comes with bed sores and rashes and things like that. Um, but during the move, like when he's pushing her, Dr. Now finds a chip bag in her, in her sheets. And I don't mean to fucking laugh. This absolutely feels like some shit I did in the sixth grade. <laughs> I did chips in my room. <laughs> it's just real fucking petty. And, and Dr. Now is like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they are like, oh, 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 that's her, her beating them chips. Those chips belong to Herbert. <laughs> she, yeah. Well, how'd they get in here? That's what Dr. Now asked. And she's like, um, he was laying here eating the chips while I was crying and hugging me. And I was like, so you want me to fucking believe that you were crying and Herbert was engulfing you and hugging you, but also had a bag of chips and was eating said chips, had one arm around you, comforting you saying, don't cry. And then also had a bag of chips that close to your mouth and you didn't eat them. Really, Lisa? The worst liars, the worst. This is why it's probably incredibly satisfying to see Dr. Now yell at her because like she is, she is lying. And even if she were telling the truth, this is, Herbert should not have, if Herbert wants to eat chips and Herbert's not in the program and Herbert isn't bedridden, Herbert should go to the car and eat chips. We know that Herbert did not bring chips in here and only he ate them. Get out of here. Um... Green beans and cauliflower. <laughs> Dr. Now's over it and so are we. Back at the apartment, Lisa's getting Herbert to give her pizza and soda and plus she's going to suck Herbert's dick if he gives it to her. <laughs> Why this tickles me so fucking much? That she, he's like, she's like, when I finish this pizza, I'm going to give you what you want. You know, you know what you want. <laughs> He resists but gives in like we all knew he would. And well, at least he put some grapes on the plate. But actually, no, no, because she's not supposed to have grapes. So. <laughs> then Lola, therapist, comes. I like Lola. I don't th I don't know if she's a great psychotherapist. But I, the reason I love her is because she's definitely a Houston woman. Like people don't realize how black Houston is. Like when she's wearing these shoes and these and the, I mean, these these like uh almost harem pants, harem dress pants and, and, and orange pumps and, and her lipstick. And she's just a, the way she speaks and stuff. She's a Houston woman. And a lot of people don't realize how black fucking Houston is. Houston is black as fuck. And you know, Beyonce came from somewhere guys. This is, this is absolutely this is what this is. So I just enjoy seeing, seeing her. So Lola's talking to her about her family dynamics and childhood trauma. And she's also gently tells her that everyone knows Lisa's not doing what she's supposed to do because the weight's not coming off. And she's talking about Lisa's personal responsibility and dynamics. I mean, she's saying all the right things. So Lisa's back at the ER. Next time we see Lisa, she's at the ER. She, her leg is hurting terribly and she got to the ER and she's screaming and crying. And doctor now has met her at the ER. This isn't like an appointment he was supposed to have. Doctor now is asking her about her exercise and diet. And Lisa is saying that, Buying diapers and pads is, ex well, because she, because again, Dr. Now is a sideshow carnival um, 
Barker where he can look at you and tell you how much you weigh. And he's like, you look, you're back at 700. And she's like, well, buying the right food is hard. I'm limited on the funds I can use for food because buying diapers and pads is expensive. And Dr. Now is like, so what's the problem? If you have limited funds for food, it means you should be losing weight. Again, it's not that he's wrong. It's his delivery that, like, I don't know if it's helpful. That's what I mean by this. Um, it's not that he he's telling the truth, but he's like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You don't have enough money for food, but if you don't have enough money for food, why do you keep gaining weight? And she's trying to be like, well, to buy healthy food. Um, two things we're not talking about here. Lisa is not talking about the fact that she has to feed Herbert too. Lisa is probably surviving on disability checks, like money, literal checks, and which isn't a ton of money to be honest, and food stamps. That's probably what Lisa is is surviving on. And whatever she but she has to feed Herbert too. There's not that that's meant for one person living on, not two. And which is another reason for y'all to send fucking Herbert home. But So that's one thing we need to talk about. And the other thing is like, so if she, if Herbert were not there and she did not have, and if you were not buying like Pizza Hut, you could afford pads and diapers as well as your food stamps for one person could be, could be used to buy things like carrots and, you know, salads and shit like that, whatever the fuck, lean, lean chicken. I don't, I ain't never been on a fucking diet. I don't know. So, so the only diets I've been on is being poor. And I remember when I, when, when I was in college and I was super poor and I was also doing a dumb thing by taking care of a dude, I just did not have, I would eat like once a day. I just did not have a lot of money. And when I got home, my mom was like, you are so skinny. And I don't, I, guys, by skinny, she probably meant I wore like a size 10. Don't, don't get excited about that. Maybe a 12. That's probably what she meant by being skinny. And I was like, yeah, I don't have money to eat. <laughs> and she was like, oh, are, are you, are you going to keep up? No, I'm not going to buy. What do you mean? Am I going to keep up with it? My hope is not to know. My hope is to get money to eat. Like, <laughs> but so I've never been on a diet. I don't know what the, what the fuck she's supposed to be eating, but she, I think she's supposed to be eating like lean chicken and like greens and vegetables, few grains or something. I don't know. She's, a, she's not going to be eating pizza. Hut. I know that. Um, what else? Where was I? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lisa starts crying. I think Lisa realizes that she's like backed in the corner. Like, like, like you are lying, Lisa. And you can't, and you can't tell the truth because then someone's going to say, well, why did you come here to do all this if you're not going to follow the program? And she just starts screaming. She needs help. And she's been saying this for the longest. And Dr. Now is like, we've been giving you all the help, all of the help possible, which is true. What he's saying is that I, as a barometric physician, um, have given, you know, somebody who work, who, this is my gig, the weight loss, uh, surgery, the barometric surgery. This is my gig. I have told you what, the, what you can eat. I give you this, the diet and exercise you're supposed to have. We provided you with a physical therapist to come to the house and help you get more mobile and tell you what you need to do to get more mobile. We provided you with a nutritionist who come over to say things like, please don't eat this, uh, box lasagna. Please don't do that. You it's got, it's, it's not what you're supposed to be eating. It's not on your diet. 
we provided you with a psychotherapist that you're supposed to be having sessions with. And, and I'm, I'm also assuming that the session we saw isn't the only session. I'm giving them that benefit of a doubt. I know this, my 600 pound life can be, uh, dubious about some things, but I'm, this is based on the concept. These things are going to continue going. So I have shown you like you, we have given you help. We, these are the things, these are the people, the experts, and what do you mean you need help? But I don't think that's what Lisa's saying. Lisa, even though I think Lisa's being a drama queen and she's doing this because she wants to be like, uh, you know, to get out of trouble. I think when she's saying I need help, she means it in a mental capacity. Like, like I'm actually not an idiot. And I know that I'm not supposed to eat six meals a day with pl plates piled up. And I also understand that getting food from Herbert in exchange for blowjobs is probably not a good idea. Like, I, I get it. I get it. You know, uh, but I need mental, uh, like this is more than just a, a one plus one equals two. We're not, that's not what this is. This, I, I don't need to lose 10 pounds for, for a bikini. That's not what this is. Um, Dr. Now says she's wasted half a year because it's been about six months. And Dr. Now says she keeps doing the same thing, the same thing. And what miracle does she expect to happen? Again, Dr. Now is not a therapist. He's a clinician, not clinician. And he, what he's saying is true. I just don't think it's therapeutic. And I think that with a lot of people with this type, like when they watch these type of shows or they see this type of program or stuff, they think it's as simple as, well, if you just know what you're supposed to eat, well, I mean, we could have Googled what we we're supposed to eat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, I, and I also don't know what the, like, this is for show, right? This, this interaction they're having is for show because if she were screaming like that, I would not be interacting with her, or at least I would not want to, like I just fucking told you guys about my son. <laughs> I would not interact with her because there's nothing I'm gonna say at this point that she's gonna listen to, and there's nothing she's gonna scream at me that's gonna be helpful. So I would stop interacting with her. You know, she keeps screaming about, he, you know, she's screaming about this is not helping, just leave her alone because it's not working. And Dr. Nile's like, well, what help do you need? Oh, well, we gave you tools and you're not doing it. <laughs> he is so, he is so like, whatever. <laughs> so she keeps screaming about how she's tired and she failed herself and her children. She can't help herself. She wants to go back to her apartment. Dr. Nile's like, good, so you can eat whatever you want when you get there. Dr. Nile then turns to Herbert and says that he's part of the problem because Herbert, what have you been bringing her to eat? And Herbert tries to say he doesn't bring any fried food. And Dr. Now is like, bullshit. Lisa didn't say green beans and cauliflower. So listen, Lisa is still crying and yelling. And Dr. Now is trying to walk away quietly. I wish I wish I could reenact how Dr. Now tried to walk away. Because he was just like, uh, is that somebody I know over there? <laughs> he just kind of got tired of it. It was just like, I'm out. But... Somebody from the hospital staff is like coming around because she's in, she's being admitted to the ER. And you can tell that they're kind of being like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like eventually, we don't see it on camera, but I know eventually someone comes back and it's like, listen, y'all, y'all not the only people in the ER. Y'all can't be back here screaming and shit. So this is a hospital. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> so it's been some time, like she gets admitted to the ER. Um, and she... To the, I don't know if she gets admitted to the hospital, but she's like checked into the ER. 
And her leg is draining and it's infected and Dr. Now comes over and they're having a more calm conversation. And Lisa says that she has depression, anxiety, and stress, which she keeps to herself, which is why no one understands her. Lisa, this is like, like, obviously this is a dumb thing. Like I have all these things happening mentally, but also I'm not going to tell anybody about it, but also I'm upset. No one understands me. Like, I, this doesn't make any sense. But people do this shit all the time. Like, do you know people go to therapists and lie? Like, they pay to go to a therapist and tell them lies. And then, I like, I've known people who've done stuff like this. And they're like, well, if, if they were smart, they would know I was lying. Well, that's not the point of therapy. They're not supposed to sit over there and, like, lie. They're not human lie detectors where they're supposed to be like, that's a lie. That's No, they're, they're it's talk therapy. You need to talk and you need to speak the truth. People convince themselves to do all kinds of ridiculous things. Dr. Now is being very clear. He's given, he's given instructions on diet and exercise. She's a nutritionist. Like I said, she didn't use those tools. She lied to the psychotherapist. She fought against them. The truth is that, like I said, Lisa's a great a candidate for the drama of the show. She is, she's a great watch. She is not a great candidate for the program. So Lisa starts talking about how she wants to die. And Dr. Now says she is saying that because she wants to manipulate the situation. But you can't. And I, I definitely think you can do this as a medical professional. Let someone tell you they want to kill themselves and they want to die and they're going to kill themselves and then ignore them. So he asked the hospital to do a complete, um, he leaves because he's going to have the hospital do a complete like psychiatric evaluation. And he said, that she's, is she's just saying that for, for, to like not be in trouble anymore, then he's gonna release her from the program. But if she's suicidal, she can stay in the program. And I was like, uh, that seems counterintuitive. It seems like you should just release her from the program, period, regardless of what it is. Like if she's actually suicidal, I don't know. It just seems like she needs to be released. So um, when he leaves, she and Herbert are talking, and Lisa says, Dr. Now is okay, but he can't talk to her any kind of way, and she's still a lady. And she's still Herbert's lady. And Herbert's kind of getting over it too. He says she, she, they really need to stick to this plan. And she's like, raise up off me, boy. And he leaves because she's, fr he's frustrated too. Like, I think if Lisa were like, so there are people that would see this and be like, well, Herbert doesn't want her to lose weight. Cause there are situations where, where people don't want you, like people are feeders and don't want you to lose weight. But I think Herbert is more, that if Lisa were dead set on losing weight, I think Herbert would be happy to help and happy to not bring her pizza hut and not, and not fry her. I, maybe she can have bacon. I don't fucking know, but not give her food she can't have. But because she is dead set on having those foods and not doing the exercises and any other things she's supposed to do, I think that like he, it's too much for him not to go along with her. And he like doesn't like, I mean, he's been in the hospital with her. She's been screaming and doing all this stuff. He doesn't want to do all that. And so when he's saying that, like, let's, you know, let's just stick to the plan that we're supposed to have then. And she's like kind of blowing him off. I, I think he feels frustrated too. After Lisa gets her psychiatric eval, she's not suicidal. And doctor now kicks her off the program because she doesn't have any respect for the program and doesn't intend to change. He's right. He says she can go home. She can still have physical therapy and psychiatric therapy as long as, I mean, psychotherapy as long as she does it 
if she and she participates and if she stops it'll, it'll just go away if she wants to get back on the plan she needs 50 she needs the program she needs to lose 50 pounds to get on the program basically he's saying that like if you go home and do the diet and the exercise and you still see the people and you lose 50 pounds call the office and we'll put you back on the program i don't think lisa's gonna do that at the end dr danielle brings her family to visit lisa um she says she also like lisa has told Basically, Danielle wants to see for her own eyes, like how Lisa is doing, because she thinks Lisa's been lying to her. Lisa has to tell Danielle she was kicked out of the program and she wants to give up. Lisa starts to cry. So Danielle only is the only one of her kids that cares about her. Danielle's very tired of this. And at the end, Lisa says she's just going to have to do this to Lisa way. And that is the end. Like, I enjoy the episode. <laughs> and yes, I'm mad at Lisa. I'm annoyed with Lisa. But I enjoyed the episode. Lisa was enjoyable to watch and was like, Mm-mm. And, you know, just get, get a person you can have lots of opinions about. But um, I don't know if this is really like representative of what of the episodes I want to be looking at. I'm going to be looking at a couple of more before I get to the Asante ones. Um, if you have suggestions for episodes you think that would be interesting for me to talk, talk about, you can comment on the Patreon um on the post that I do for this episode in the Patreon. Um, you can also uh, comment on the Instagram post that I do for this episode. And let me know of like non-Asante Asante episodes that you were like, I want to hear what Princess has to say about this. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I hope you're going to enjoy season seven. We're off to a great start. I'm happy to have you here. I love you all. Good night. Bye. <laughs>